This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. We've paused a fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending megabucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them. Thunder Media. Hi, I'm Chas Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. On this edition of Inside Supercars, we speak to Manuel Sanchez about 2023 with the Camaro at Team 18. I mean, obviously we, we want to be close to the front and that's what we're working on, yeah. And his thoughts on the indigenous liveries up there at Darwin. Yeah, no, it's good. It's a good thing. I think, um, you know, it's a good push from the from Supercross to like run this um, round like with these liveries. And I mean, to be honest, I think that we should have more of them. It's like, why only? Why only these two rounds? I don't know. Obviously, there's sort of more sort of indigenous um, sort of communities around here, but I mean, that's the whole Australia. So, yeah, why, why not push it to more rounds? From Venezuela to supercars, Manuel Sanchez joins us now. Well, joining us on this edition of Inside Supercars is Manuel Sanchez. And Manuel, 2023, a lot of new things for you, but you continue your relationship at Team 18 with Frosty Winterbottom. Yeah, the try-up. Um, no, well, obviously, uh, exciting year to be a part of it, um, you know, with Gen 3. And with, like, the first time we've built our own cars here at Team 18, um, so it's, uh, yeah, it was sort of a, you know, learning curve. Um, well, I guess for every team, but probably more for ourselves just to manage the whole car build. Um, but no, enjoying it, you know, like a lot and yeah, like it's good, um, sort of continuity here at team 18, like by ourselves, but also, um, a lot of the team sort of carried over. So we have not, you know, like Crossy, the engineer or like Richard Holloway on the other car, um, we've got a couple of new like data guys, which are you know like coming through, um, but you know mechanics wise as well, like this could um, continuity from last year, so that helps a lot. What has been your thoughts about the new car so far after the first four events of the season? Well, yeah, I mean, um, I think um, you know Triple Eight, um, us sort of homologation team for the Camaros and 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 DJs for um, the Fords. I think they they done a great job. Um, I mean, obviously there was. It's hard to please everyone, um, and then we sort of, you know, sat in a few meetings before, sort of like through the Gen 3 design process, and even last year, you know, we had the sort of arrangement with AAA, like um, as a, you know, customer or like sort of a technical alliance we had with them, and you know, even though that was Gen 2, we had a few, you know, discussions with them, like regarding Gen 3, and sort of hear about 
how the process went along of, you know, designing the new car and all the, the issues they had and, you know, like trying to, you know, please, you know, everyone involved, you have to please, you know, supercars, the teams, the board, like everyone. And so it was a bit of a juggling act for them. But I think the end, the end product is quite, um, you know, it's quite nice. I, I mean, the cars look great. Um, so both both Mars obviously I'm a bit biased. I think the camera looks a bit better. Um, but no, it's definitely um, it was a good thing to be part on um, Gen 3. And I, I think the cars, um, well, we're still learning learning um, about it and how to tune it uh, differently to what we have with the Commodores. Um, I mean, obviously some teams, you know, they got on onto that a bit quicker than others. And that's sort of what, um, well, like, you know, coming onto a new project, I mean, I sort of got here as well, like with a different team, but at the start of, of the cut of future. So, um, you know, like at the start of, you know, the first few races, everyone started trying, like trying to learn and trying to, you know, um, you know, get the most out of it. But, you know, halfway through this season, I think most of the teams should have a, uh, a pretty good um, grip on what the car needs, what the car requires to go fast and, and should sort of equalize a bit. And yeah, I think, I think time will tell, but I think it's, yeah, we're on a good track. Are you enjoying the engineering of this car and the, the challenges that it is presenting you? Yeah, 100%, yeah. Like, um, yeah, like I said, it's quite quite um, sort of challenging, you know, like from a you know, new sort of project point of view. I mean, the rear geometry is the same and we sort of know what we have to work with, but then like sort of understanding the front of the car, it's a little bit um, different to what we're used to. Um, and then just the whole package, you know, aero-wise and, and the engine um, side of things with different maps and all that stuff. Um, it's, yeah, it's quite, I mean, even though it's probably more controlled than what we had last, you know, the last few years in terms of, um, especially around the front of the car, the front axle, geometry, all that stuff. Um, but, you know, it's still a lot of room to play and, you know, a lot of things to try to get on top of and understand to make the car go fast. So yeah, definitely like hasn't yeah you know impacted sort of well my sort of engineering enjoyment. Um, yeah, it's it's been it's it's challenging, but yeah, obviously when you get it right, it's um, still quite rewarding. Is it actually easier to work on a car and to understand the car when you've built it from the ground up, like you have done this year, as opposed to having a car given to you and then having to engineer it into what? you want as the engineer and then the team? I'm not sure if easier is the well, the right word to use. I wouldn't say easier. I mean, you, you, you like, I mean, obviously, the previous car we got to know pretty well as well. Like, and, and you know, with Car of the Future, there was already, like, you know, half of it was sort of control on the same. So, and given, like, I worked with different teams before, but then coming to Team 18 anyway, like we had, you know, a triple eight car, but then the, the back of it was pretty much the same as every other team. Um, so it was just sort of learning about the front a little bit. But to be honest, I mean, you, you have a good look at it. You sort of, you know, do a few measurements and you can sort of get your head around it, I would say, reasonably quick. Um, in terms of, you know, how to make adjustments and what to change and how, and then you've got to sort of learn, you know, like sort of how, how the car responds to that. Um, I wouldn't say, I mean, it's definitely better from like troubleshooting point of view, like the, the, the car ourselves, um, definitely helps us in, in sort of troubleshooting stuff or, you know, like sort of, um, being probably mean more controlling some of the details, which 
I think they play a bigger part um, in the performance um, this year. So the, I think the more you know, control the car is, um, there's still a lot of room for improvement in, in a lot of details, which definitely we've got more control on like this year, um, building the car ourselves from the ground up. When Frosty says something to you now, is the toolbox different that you have to go to to try and correct it? Um, well, we're still sort of working on it. Um, some things are proven to be different. Some things are proven to be the same. Um, it's sort of, yeah, 50-50. Is, is the language having to change then between you and Frosty? Uh, not really. Um, it's just more like adapting and sort of relearning a bit of the stuff we took for granted before. Like, you know, like after working with the other car for, you know, four or five years, you know, well, when he wants this, we do this. Um, it's just trying to um, sort of relearn that bit. So some stuff, it's quite transferable so that the things, same things still apply. But some of the stuff, uh, like, you know, in the past, he wanted this, we did this. Well, now it doesn't work. So what's the new thing to do? But, I mean, the language probably doesn't really change. It's like you said, just some of the tools um, you go for are a bit different or not quite the same as what we used in the past. Having been part of Car of the Future and now Gen 3, what do you find is the biggest difference? Well, it's hard to pinpoint, like, one thing. I mean, the general approach overall is the same. Um, Car of the Future definitely have more freedom, especially in the front. And, you know, when I started Car of the Future, I was, like, on a, like a manufacturer team, so we had full control um, of, you know, the front and, like, uh, you know, all the build was done in-house and um, stuff like that were, you know, the my sort of second part of the last part of the future was in this team with the AAA um, Technical Alliance. Um, so I guess just having that last bit of, of the Technical Alliance and sort of being constrained, although we're not like, you know, like obliged to do everything as per AAA, but obviously, you know, they, they were the winning car, so we did and um, took a lot out of it, um, out of that, you know, out of their um, suggestion of the setup uh, philosophy. Um, so I think that probably help, helps us a bit more in this new model, which is, it's sort of basically how we were operating the last three years. And um, all last four years, when you know, we've we sort of been under Triple Eight. Obviously, we don't have the alliance, but um, being like it's pretty much made the whole field a non-manufacturer team. Um, so I think that's that approach that we use the last few years. Sort of, it's the same ones we sort of apply this year with Gen Three. And as you look at the season so far, how do you rate it? Um, well, for us, not great. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we, we want to be closer to the front, um, and that's what we're working on, yeah. Um, but I think as, as Gen 3, as, as a package, I think it's, yeah, it's been all right. What do you think is the missing, the missing piece of the puzzle for your car in the championship and, and for this weekend in Darwin? Um, well, particularly, we're sort of struggling with... Um, Sort of rear grip a little bit, um, even though that that's probably um, you, you think about it. It's, I mean, it's the same sort of rear end that we had, you know, in the last ten years. 
So then I think that's the one we should have a grip on. But obviously the whole car, it's the whole package. Um, and yeah, for us specifically, that's probably the, the, the area that we need to work on and try to understand a bit better. And are you finding little things like you need to fix the rear grip, but it's something you've got to do at the front end that makes the bigger improvement? Or is it becoming quite logical in its approach to changes? Um, no, well, yeah, it's... A, yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of interrelated, you know what I mean? Like, it's not just... Like, like I said, the rear itself, the rear sort of geometry and linkages and, you know, upright suspension, all that sort of carried over from, from last year or from, you know, car, uh, car of the future. Um, so it's sort of more like the, you know, interrelation, you know, front and rear sort of mechanically and also the arrows um, difference that we have from, you know, previous years. We've lost both front and rear, probably a bit more front as well and um, comparatively, but um, it's sort of how the, their, you know, last years or like how the future responded um, to some of the changes that we're um, finding it's not quite translatable. Um, um, it's just trying to sort of get the whole package right. Well, you've done your track walk, I take it, for this weekend, Manuel. What do you think is the the big thing you've seen on the track this year to others? I mean, to be honest, how like track itself, um, I mean, it's quite consistent here in terms of it's always hot. Um, the track surface is, you know, it's relatively smooth. It hasn't, you know, degraded much from previous years. Um, there's a couple of things in runoffs that seem slightly different, um, but hopefully we just keep it on the black stuff and, and don't explore those areas. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting because this track um, in the past, at least for us, or the setups we run were quite aero-sensitive. Um, like we struggled to, you know, stay close to cars in that sort of second, second to last and last corner. Um, obviously, straight line speed important on that long straight, but you want to, you need to be faster on corners anyway. Um, but so hopefully, with um, sort of this new era package with the Gen Three, we can, you know, follow cars, follow cars a bit closer, and which you, you know, give, put you in a good spot to make some um, overtaking and and sort of have a good race car, like, you know, focus on the race car. Well, is do you find that uh, Hidden Valley is is really a four-corner track when you're doing the setup, even though it, it's got obviously more corners than that on it? But is it just you've got to nail those four major braking zones and those four major turns? Um, I mean, it just it sort of depends a little bit where we sit, like, I mean, we just go out there and, you know, practice. And then we look at the micro sectors and sort of see it's not like um, we set up specifically for any corner. It's just like you try to minimize your losses, basically. So, I mean, yeah, you just need to see where we are sitting on the leaderboard for every sort of – we break it down into each corner, uh, like, and sort of compare against the field. So if we're like, you know, we're just missing the one corner, then we just work towards that one corner without obviously trying to, like, we, we want to improve one without, you know, making the other ones worse. So it's a sort of um, compromise always. Like, I mean, it's the same for every team, I suppose. Um, but I wouldn't say it now. Like, I mean, we just look at the track as a whole and, and just try to make the best race cars we can. 
Well, Manuel, it's going to be great to see Team 18 back out on the track. The cars, what have you thought of, firstly, your Indigenous livery and then the others that you probably have spotted in the unloading process this weekend? Uh, definitely ours is the best. <laughs> um, but, no, actually, it's it's funny because when obviously we um, got to see it before everyone, but even before it was on the car, we got sort of, you know, like the guy show you, um, you know, major guys is... Um, and does all delivery for us. Um, he showed me, like he showed everyone actually, like um, around the team, uh, yeah, like, you know, like this is what it's going to look um, for Darwin and Townsville. It's like, oh, I mean, I, to be honest, when I looked in paper, it didn't look, I wasn't like quite impressed. It's like, oh, yeah, it doesn't look that nice. I, you know, I've, I've seen some other leaders in the past where like we've run better leaders in the past. Um, it doesn't really look that nice. But once you see in the car, it's like, yeah, this is like looks pretty good. Um, it's yeah, it's tricky because I, I wasn't like expecting it to look as good as it looks. Um, no, it's good. It's a good thing. I think um, you know it's a good push from the from supercars to like run this um, round like with these liveries. And I mean, to be honest, I think that we should have more of them. Like, I mean, it's like why only why only these two rounds? I don't know. Obviously, this sort of more sort of indigenous um, sort of communities around here. But I mean, that's the whole Australia. So. Yeah, why, why not push it to more rounds? So you'd like to see the in, the Indigenous livery at more rounds or would you like to see more themed or special liveries like we used to see uh, the historic liveries at Winton? Do you think we could, you'd like to see more themes or just the Indigenous one? No, I mean, like, I mean, the retro round we used to have at Sandon, that was good fun as well. Like, um, it's good to, um, especially for me, you know, like um, I came in the championship a bit late. I haven't been here like all my life. So it's good to, for me, especially it was good to see some of the cars like, oh, what, you know, what, what that car used to you know, looks like, you know, this car from the 80s or from the 70s. And, and then you'll sort of learn a bit. Oh, like I, I got it now. Like, you know, what do we run with slavery? Oh, what, what did these cars do? Who drove it then? And just try to sort of learn a little bit. And so that prompted that. And so it's good to see, yeah, like, I mean, the indigenous one, obviously, there's a big connection to, to Australia itself. And then the retro ones, I thought, as well, was good just to, um, for from my point of view, just to prompt a bit of learning about, you know, what the series was in the past. And just as wrap, you worked at GRM during, uh, during Scott McLaughlin's time. What have you thought of Scotty over there in America? Has he surprised you at all with the way he's been able to go about his job? Uh, nah, not really. I mean, like, obviously, we, we knew he was um, pretty special, um, you know, when, I mean, it was, that was, yeah, I mean, you, you, I mean, it's now denying that sort of, not, not Scotty himself, but the sort of, when we ran the Volvos, that sort of, for me, was some, yeah, one, that's definitely on the highlights for me um, of the years I was at GRM. And then, obviously, Scotty was a big part of, of that Volvo um, um, era. Um, you know, we had real good results with the Volvo and with Scotty. And um, but no, like I mean, from the get-go, you we, we knew he was he was quick. And then obviously he was quick with us. He proved himself with them. Um, DJR team Penske, you know, winning championships. Um, and then yeah, it's not. I don't think it's much surprise in in the fact that he's going pretty good over there. Well, Manuel, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you and we're looking forward to seeing how Team 18 and particularly Frosty perform across the weekend. 
No worries, Craig. Um, yeah, same. Always good to talk to you, and hopefully, we, yeah, we have a good this one this weekend. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more, or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. We paused the fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them.